0: Hey, what up? It's Mark Carter. I'm the pastor of Fierce Church. Welcome to our podcast. I'm so pumped that you're able to join us today. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, strengthens you, gives you hope to keep pressing on. And it's my prayer that this sermon gives you a more expansive view of God's love for you. Enjoy the message. Hey, what up? I'm Elena Bennett, the pastor of our teens here at Fierce Church and we're in this series, Don't Call It a Comeback, because those of us who are Christians believe God has got this whole thing under His control. Everything. From God's word, we believe that there has been nothing in the past, present, or future where God's in heaven, hesitating, thinking, "Mm, wow, didn't see this coming. What are we going to do? I guess we're going to need a comeback plan. Nope. That has never happened because there has never been anything outside of His control. How do we know this? God's word. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. That's right. We serve a God who doesn't need a comeback plan. He's in charge. So what do you say? We see what God has to say to us through the Bible as we grasp the love God has for us and the plan he wants us to live out today, knowing he's in charge. Growing up, we've all had heroes we look up to, right? I really looked up to musicians when I was little. They could do no wrong to me. I would know their latest song, watch their music videos, and read the latest news of what was going on in their life. But I came to learn, like I'm sure you did too, that the inspiration of a hero will only take you so far. Wonder Woman isn't actually coming to help you. Michael Jordan, or LeBron James if you're on that wagon, isn't coming to help you out when the going gets tough in the fourth quarter. We need more direction. We need a helper that transcends our world, our concerns, and our timeline, yet who is also personally interested and affected with our concerns. Your superhero or role model may be inspirational, even a Christian, but she or he can't actually come and help you, know you, or understand your deepest needs. Other religions may have interesting role models and even examples, but we need more than a moral example. In this series, Don't Call It a Comeback, we're exploring how to get down to the essence of what it means according to the Bible to do what the church is supposed to do. The mission of the church is so big. We need more than role models and superheroes to face the challenges of life. We need a hero who has all the power, We need a hero who won't leave us and we need a hero who is always for us. Good thing Jesus Christ is all three of those as demonstrated in scripture. So let's dive into the three reasons Jesus is king, the king you need. I like to say Jesus changes everything. For me, that's because Jesus has proven to me over and over and over again that he is all I need. He's the king I needed and need now. So are you ready? Let's dig into God's word. Acts 1, 9-11 says, And after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking in the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. You guys, the number one reason Jesus is the king you need, you and I need, is because Jesus ascended to prove his deity, which translates to y'all, Jesus is the hero who has all power. Verse 11 says, "'This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven.'" We're talking about the ascension, which has often given Christians trouble. What are we supposed to think? Jesus took off like Superman into the sky? Did he just go above the weather and just hide for a while? up and down was standard first century language to describe things like heaven and earth without it literally meaning up and down. First century Jews didn't think of heaven as a location just above the clouds. They didn't think of it as a place that was without our space and time and matter universe. They thought of it as a different dimension or mode of being that intersected without our own. So when Jesus ascended to the throne of God, he entered the dimension of heaven. Theologian N.T. Wright says it this way, Jesus is lifted up, indicating to the disciples that he was heading out somewhere beyond the moon, beyond stars or wherever, but that he was going into God's space, God's dimension. Remember that cloud? A cloud received him out of their sight. That cloud was a visible reminder that God's glory was present as the apostles were watching. This wasn't just a random cumulus cloud. For Avenger fans, it could have been like when Thanos would appear randomly in Marvel movies. But it's important to note that Thanos is completely evil and not a God-loving guy. In fact, that guy needed Jesus. But anyway, you could also think of it like with the pillar of cloud and the fire as the people of Israel wandered through the desert. Or when the temple was dedicated, scripture records the cloud of glory filling it. A cloud also enveloped Jesus and the three disciples at the transfiguration as a visible symbol of God's presence. So when Jesus returned to his glory, he returned in a cloud. And one final note that could have been on the apostle's mind when the Old test was an Old Testament prophecy from Daniel 7, 13. It says, I kept looking in the night vision and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him." The one with the cloud of heaven is identified by Daniel as the promised Messiah. The disciples needed to see Jesus make this transition. The ascension confirmed for them that Jesus truly was the one God had promised. God wants us to regularly meditate on the reality that Jesus isn't just the savior of the month, he is the one that was foretold would come long before any of us had the problems we have. You can trust him. As he fulfilled this chapter of prophetic history, he will fulfill the rest. There is no problem we have that he is not entirely Lord over. Jesus isn't just some ra- uh, sitting on some random throne in some country somewhere. He is reigning and ruling on the throne of heaven itself. I'd like to introduce you to a guy nicknamed Chewy the Executive Director for Frontline Street Intervention, which is an outreach in Round Lake for gang and troubled youth and adults. And he's a small group leader for our junior high guys. This is what Chewy is up to nowadays, but this wasn't always Chewy's story. When Chewy was 13 years old, it wasn't a youth leader who reached out to him to go to the Freeze or some youth group event to tell him about Jesus. It was a gang member. And that affection from the guys in the gang is what it took for Chewy to end up being the leader of a gang in Round Lake years later. You could say the gang life gave him the family love he was looking for, but wanna know what really changed his life? Jesus. And you wanna know how? The church, this church. His sister started bringing him to Torch Church, the church back in the day, and the people here started loving him. The leader of the gang was showing up to church and the people made him do a double take at this Jesus because of the way they cared for him. Chewie thought all he had was the gang's love and yet the church showed him more people could love on him and he didn't have only the option of the gang. Well, Chewie made the decision to make Jesus the king of his life. And he asked the church to pray for courage, boldness and strength to take the step he needed to to get out of the gang. His wife was freaked out because it was likely that in order for Chewie to get out, he'd have to get beaten up and that could have been brutal. So Chewy shows up to the gang, in person, expecting to be taken out. And he told his brothers there, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I've decided if you whip me, I'll take it because I'm not a coward. I don't want to have to hide, look behind my back or over my shoulder. I'm going to give my life to Jesus. I've led you guys the wrong way and I want to lead you guys right. The guys in the gang accepted his decision to leave and didn't harm him. In fact, they hugged him. Chewy found that Jesus was the real deal the real hero. And no more power from the gang, no more chapters being built, no more people being scared of him was ever going to satisfy him like Jesus could. So he was going to take the steps he needed to away from his old way of doing things and take steps towards Jesus, who is now King of his life. Jesus is the hero who has all power, but not only is Jesus all powerful, number two, Jesus ascended so he could always be with you. Meaning, Jesus is the hero who will never leave you. Jesus ascending to heaven allows the spirit to come, which is a tremendous benefit to us. We looked at it last week, but let's look at it again. John 14, 16 says, "'I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may be with you forever." Forever! After listening to this message last week by Pastor Carter, I was writing in my journal on Monday morning, thinking about all the worries in my mind. There were things that needed to happen, like Kyle, my husband and I had gotten in a car accident a few weeks ago and our car was totaled and we needed to get a new car because that was the only one we had. And I was thinking about the details that needed to happen by the end of the week and the fears that were totally outside of my control. And I paused and I started my journal entry out by saying, me and Jesus. And I wrote, I'm not alone today. Kyle is not alone today. We can cling to the truth that Jesus is enough. I needed to write that out to see that truth before my eyes. Do you need to hear that today? Jesus is enough. Jesus is by your side. Baby, there's no valley too deep, mistake too big, mountain too high, coronavirus too contagious, no doubt too big, no government too corrupted that God can't turn your direction back on him and say to you, I've got this. I'm in charge here. You can trust me. Nahum 1-7 says, the Lord is good a refuge in times of trouble. He cares for those who trust in him. Check out what we see in Jesus' concern to make sure that this ascension happens with his encounter with Mary at the tomb after he had already risen, but before he had ascended. In John 20, 17, Jesus said to her, stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father and my God. Your God. Jesus is saying, Don't hold on to me. Don't cling so tight. I'm ascending to my Father. She was afraid she'd lose him again. But Jesus says, If I stay here, you'll lose me. If I come to you through the Holy Spirit, you'll never lose me again. Jesus says, Let go of my hand so I can ascend and then come into your heart. St. Augustine, an early church father and theologian and philosopher, famously said, you ascended before our eyes and we turned back grieving only to find you in our hearts. Jesus is basically saying, if you are in the darkest dungeon, stranded on a desert island, all alone in the North Pole, if you find your way to Mars, I will be with you. Fierce kids, teachers, fierce team leaders, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, singles, high school students, junior hires, big brothers, sisters, cousins, everyone. This is what you get the chance, To teach the next generation you get to teach them that because of Jesus they will never be alone and side benefit you know what happens when you teach it you get reminded of that truth and as long as you got somebody to have influence over or that you can impact you have the chance to remind them Jesus is the king who has all power and won't leave you the ascension had to happen so we could be with Jesus forever even now because of jesus's ascension you and i can have a relational intimacy that anyone who doesn't know jesus would envy i'm going to say that again because of jesus's ascension you and i now have relational can have relational intimacy that anyone who doesn't know jesus would envy the beautiful thing about people being envious of you because of your relationship with jesus is that they can have it for themselves jesus is easy to share Christians, do people know Jesus has changed your life? Is it evident? Do people want Jesus because of how you live? Because you can't get enough of him? Because you continue to be in awe of the love Jesus has for you? One way I try to keep this in check is to not get numb to the three simple words that changed my life forever. Jesus loves me. It's cool to have hobbies, like your pets, love your family, have opinions, enjoy your friends enjoy being outside and even have a great church but if you and I forget to make Jesus our first love before anything and everything else we're missing the point that Jesus planned to change the world with people living like he's the king our savior our soul focus if God has given us the gift of today we're called to live it solely for the one who loved us first You won't be satisfied until your first love is Jesus. And then that reminder that Jesus, the one who loves you, will always be with you, will keep you in awe. What are you going through today that you need to remember that because of Jesus' ascension, the Holy Spirit of Jesus will never leave you? What do we know? Jesus is the hero who has all power. Jesus is the hero who won't leave you and Jesus ascended so he could always defend you. Jesus is the hero who is always for you. In verse 11, it says this Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven. The ascension is why there isn't any more need of sacrificing. Jesus ascended to take his place as a legal defender. Jesus not only rules on the throne room, but he defends in the heavenly courtroom. Let's jump over to the book of Hebrews to understand why it is so important for Jesus to be in heaven instead of here. Hebrews 7, 23 through 25 says, there were many priests who under the old system for death prevented them from remaining in office. All Old Testament priests were a dim shadow of the real priest that was to come, Jesus Christ. 24 says, but because Jesus lives forever, his priesthood lasts forever. Therefore, he is able once and forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf. This word intercede is really important. People have often understood this to be about prayer, but it's not. Now, it's true that the Holy Spirit does pray for us according to Romans 8 26. But in this text, the intercession is about Jesus being the advocate, go between, or defender between our sin and the father another word for interceding is mediating he is mediating continually presenting us as righteous to the father as one of his own in the courtroom of god anytime there is any charge against us he is our lawyer young christians often think of jesus as going to god each time they sin saying please god hear her out give her out one more chance And then God is talked into it, but they're a little worried because they're thinking even Jesus can't get me off the hook forever. But whenever we approach the throne, Jesus in a sense says, Father, Elena is here to speak with you. She isn't here on her own merits or righteousness. She is here based off of mine. Regarding our sin, Jesus says, Father, I'm not asking you for mercy. I'm asking you for justice. Here is my blood. I have paid this sin with my blood. Justice would be for this to count against me, but not her. First John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the father responds, Of course I remember, son. You made her one of ours because she has come through you. Her sin has already been judged on the cross. Elena is always welcome here. You guys all know this is true. We care about how we look to others. Even those who seem not to care about how they look, they still care and we are still work at it. We care because we know people are passing a verdict on us. One of the greatest joys is to know that we are pleasing our Heavenly Father. Because of Jesus, the verdict is in. This is a rock solid case. The just judgment is that you and I are holy, spotless, without wrinkle. You don't have to work at it anymore. Jesus is the final once and forever sacrifice for our sins. And he will always be there to defend us with his record. Hebrews 7, 26 through 27 says, For this is the kind of high priest we need. Holy, innocent, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He doesn't need to offer sacrifices every day as a high priest do. First for their own sins, then for those of the people. He did this once and for all, for all when he offered himself. Growing up, I had parents who told me about Jesus from the time I was a little kid. They told me about Jesus by listening to worship music with me, memorizing scripture, doing devotions and praying with me. I think one of the major reasons they wanted me to know about Jesus was because Jesus would always be with me. And maybe that's because they also wanted me to know that somebody was always watching, But. Really, I think the one reason was because they wanted me to find peace, knowing even if they weren't there to wipe a tear, give a hug, or remind me it's going to be okay, they wanted me to know that I could always turn to Jesus and to God's Word, the Bible. In my teenage years, I had moments where I didn't always feel like I fit in. And sometimes those moments happened in this building as a teenager at youth group. And sometimes I'd go home, talk to my mom about it, and she'd get the whole story and see my tears fall and listen to what was going on. But whether I had my mom to talk to or not, I'd usually find myself with my journal and my Bible on my bed before I'd go to sleep. And I'd write out everything that happened to my heavenly father who knew, who I knew and believed saw me, even if I felt unseen by my peers. Jesus ascending to heaven was the key factor for me as a teenager to find peace, knowing Jesus was the ultimate hero. So when I journaled, I'd find myself writing about the worries on my mind, confusion I felt, or the hurt I was experiencing, which without Jesus would have felt like the end of the story. But I'd always keep writing, and I'd remind myself the truth, the truth that Jesus was with me. I'm not alone. Jesus wins. Jesus paid the price for my sins. Because of Jesus, I don't have to carry the load of fear. He's got it. So whether I was journaling as a teenager, a college kid, an adult, feeling like the outcast, full of doubts, worried, dateless, alone, single, or married. The reality that because Jesus is the hero who has all power, and the reality that because Jesus is the hero who won't leave you or I, and the reality that because Jesus is the hero who is always for you and I, changed my life and continues to change my life. And I pray that that reality changes your life too, because I really believe y'all, Jesus changes everything. Let's pray. Lord, may we be a group of people that don't get numb to the truth that you love us and that you have good plans for us and that you are always with us and that because of your sacrifice, we are, we're clear, we're in the family, we're welcomed in. And I pray that because of that, we would take steps towards obedience, towards your truth and your word. I thank you that we get to do this together and I pray that we'd make it all about you. In your name I pray, everybody said Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously to support this ministry. It's because of you that this is possible. You can click on the link in the description to give now or visit fierce.church for more information. If you enjoyed this, why not subscribe? Share it with your friends. Click on the share button and take a screenshot and then share it on social media or your social stories. Hey, whatever challenges you're facing, I know you can make it. Don't give up. Hang on to Jesus. He won't let go of you. Thanks for listening.